This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with a preschooler and a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two kids under six, and a baby on the way. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, our kids are expressing themselves. Plus, Biz refocuses her anger, Teresa is with child, and we talk mom cool with Corin Tucker. Woo! This is a, like, full embracing of the woo for many reasons. Yeah, it, this is a thrilling moment, actually, in time. There are lots time. of thrilling things happening here. Yes. Okay, so maybe we should lay them out. Let's lay out all the things okay. that are thrilling. One, Corin Tucker, gonna be on the show. My mind is very uh, exploding with excitement. Yeah, it's amazing. That's so much fun. Oh my God, I'm so excited. So excited. Two, uh, maybe only second to Corin Tucker, it's the Max <laughs> Fun Pledge Drive. Yeah. Just kidding. Very exciting, Max Fun Pledge Drive. We're gonna talk about that some right here off the top, but I feel that three yeah. should be acknowledged. It should. That we are pre recording this first. Max Fun Pledge Drive show. Yeah. Because Teresa is about to leave us to go on maternity leave. Her baby. I'm is about due. to leave us to go have a baby. She's having a baby. Like, I'm basically, like basically about to go have a baby. Farewell, Teresa. Yeah. Go make a person. Well, yeah. you've been making a person for a while, but, yeah. now, but now it's like, about to come out yeah. of your body and your life is about to change forever. <laughs> and, and like, coinciding yes. with that. Next week, yes, is our second right pledge on drive top show. of this show. Um, next week will be our second pledge drive show, and I will be back in real time, <laughs> probably with a baby yeah, in my arms. Probably, <laughs> who's gonna watch that baby? Ah, Grace is old enough to watch the baby. <laughs> yeah, so this is like I just want everybody trying to wrap their heads around this yeah. again. Okay, the show you're listening to now mm-hmm. w- was recorded. Uh, well, right before Teresa left to go have a baby. Yeah. Then several weeks passed. Yes. Uh, Teresa deep in a forest. Yeah. And and we then, don't know and what type, but we can. We don't hope. know what type of forest, but we can hope we're going to hope nice it's the one. same beautiful forest that Teresa has been in twice now. <laughs> yeah. Then next week you're going to listen to a show in real time of Teresa's return to One Bad Mother. Yeah. I my mind. I know. Is trying it's to. It's really weird. It's a weird time warp. It's a weird thing that's <laughs> happening right now. So everything is spinning. It's really, but not in a bad way. No. We don't have that baby here. No. Oh my God, that would be really worth all the donations in the world. Yeah, really. If would. I just delivered Teresa's baby <laughs> here in the period hut. Oh my God, you'd be so grossed out. I would I be really I good. Would. I would be really good at that. Actually, you would be really good. At a lot of parts of it. Yes, at a lot, a of, lot parts. of parts of it. Probably I would not maybe the part... want Jesse here for <laughs> I guess, some the of father it. of your child. You know what part I wouldn't be good at? Pull it together, Teresa. You need to focus. I'm busy here trying to bring your baby in the world. Stop all the screaming. Stop screaming. Stop screaming. <laughs> this is, I'm so glad I took those drugs. I was not screaming this much. There will be swears, guys. Oh, God, there will be swears. Anyway, so Max Fun Pledge Drive. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about it. Yeah. Because it's clear that uh, our dedication to putting out these shows is super high. Yes. And the next fun pledge drive is all about uh, our listeners uh, 
possibly showing their dedication to our show. Yeah, and I think partly we our dedication has been really high to this show because in the past, yeah. listeners have shown up and yes. shown their support. Exactly. And so you guys support us, and we show up for you. That's sort of how it works. That's right. This uh, The Max Fun shows, including One Bad Mother, are listener-supported. Yes. Okay? They, we, these shows happen... Because listeners say, I really like this content and the show, so I'm going to make donations, like $5 monthly donations, $10 monthly donations, whatever. You may, Maybe you're a really big fan, $500 monthly donation. <laughs> I don't think we even have a level uh, of 500 We could make one up. I'll send you a t-shirt. Uh, so <laughs> that balances it out. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that money goes towards uh, us being able to record this in a nice studio, having wonderful uh, sound engineers help us record it. It's paying for our us, time our producing time. the show and yeah. hosting the show. That's right. Uh, booking guests, listening to calls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, this show really wouldn't happen because it is a remarkable amount of work. We're about four years into this and, and it's been a really huge commitment. And if we didn't have the support from you guys, I'm not sure... We would not be able to do it. I don't think we'd be able to do this. So we just want to say thank you for everybody who has supported in the past. And uh, thank you to all of you who are ready to add your support or raise your support. Uh, It really means a lot to us. So later on in the show, we're going to come back and talk about all the great thank you gifts that are available this year as part of the Max Fun Drive. Um, But if you want to just nip this thing in the bud right now, you can just head on over to MaximumFun.org slash donate and become a member. There's a bunch of different levels to choose from, um, and we so appreciate your support. So thanks, guys. Yes, thank you so much. Speaking of nipping things in the bud, I just feel like that would be the worst thing a doctor could say to you. Hey, Teresa, let's just nip this in the bud and get this baby out. Guys, I'm so, like, covered in, like, Teresa's uh, hormonal, pheromonal, we're about to have a baby. I'm just like, oh, we're ready to have a baby. Uh, It's emanating off of me. It's emanating. Are you okay? I mean, like, let's just ask real quickly, since the next time we talk to you, you'll be done with this part of of the pregnancy. Yeah. Which sounds weird because the baby will have come out of you. Um, <laughs> just real quick. All right. Are you doing okay? You excited? I am. Yeah, I'm doing really yeah, well. Yeah, you feeling good? Yeah, I'm super excited. I'm so glad. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Biz, how are you? Uh, I'm not pregnant and I'm very sad about it. What really? No, I just like seeing how pregnant you are. Yeah, oh, I kind of want to be pregnant. Okay, then let's 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 reverse it for just a second. I'll just tell you, <laughs> I'm super uncomfortable. Oh. I totally want this baby to come out. Oh, that's right. Okay, I it's remember really, how bad I was at the last yeah, trimester. It's like hard to move, hard to stand up, <laughs> hard to sit down, hard to lay down, hard to walk. Uh, yeah, but hard yeah, to it's pick like the weird. Up. It's the You're weird thing. You're peeing a hundred times a day. I know. And, and just reminding. Okay, that's so, right. Yes, it's great. Also, I'm, I'm super again, excited. Bad at it. I was never good at it. I was not, like, I was never like, I mean, like, no, like, you would never have heard me say, I'm all right, ever, in the mm-hmm. last trimester. Mm-hmm. I was always mm-hmm. the ultimate truth teller. I feel like shit. There's a person inside me kicking me all the time. Yeah. Um, but in terms of uh, real parenting, what I'm doing right yeah. now, uh, I've been really good at, I mean, I've really been trying to work on not yelling mm-hmm. at my kids, uh, especially on the 
turn of a dime. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but how that's played out is now I'm yelling at everybody else. Oh, no. So uh, not only if you listen to last week's show where I talked about leaving the stuffed, Ellis's stuffed animals at the school mm-hmm. and then me like yelling at the woman who found them for no reason because <laughs> she hadn't thought of texting me to tell me that, yeah, those bag of stuffed animals were there. My uh, washing machine, the washing machine uh, sort of died in the most spectacular of ways of even when it was off, water was just filling up my uh, washing machine. Uh, This happened the day after I'd had plumbers coming out to try and make sure that I had cold water going into my washing machine, which it hadn't been. So when that started happening, I first yelled at the plumbers whose fault it really wasn't, but I I made them come out just so I could like heavy sigh and be like, well, it was working yesterday. And then, now it's done. So, we'll just see how this works out. And then, really nice. Not nice at all. And then, the two poor guys to come and repair it who didn't show, who like couldn't get there until like 7.30 last night. Uh-huh. I was the least, and I yelled at the, the dispatch people because they had gotten my time wrong. They had told me they were coming between 4 and 7. But then, somebody that yeah. slot wasn't available, but no one told me. Oh. So, they shifted me to 5 to 8. So, I'm like, ah! And the guy's like mm. literally saying, do not yell at me. <laughs> So, uh, but you know what? You're not there, mom. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, I guess, but I guess just like overall, I was like, oh, look how that just seeps out. You can't cram shit down, people. It's got to go somewhere. It's got to go somewhere. Yeah. So sorry, everybody <laughs> out in the universe. Um, speaking of being out in the universe, cramming things down and it having to come out some somehow, some way. Today, we're going to talk about how our kids are expressing themselves through their clothes. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Yes. Our children are expressing themselves every day in what they wear. Mm-hmm. Uh, so today, I think we'll talk a little bit about how our kids are doing that and uh, how we feel about it. I'll start off with Katie Bell because mm-hmm. she's sort of uh, as the oldest of our children collectively. Yeah, I feel like we've we've gone past like a, like a bar. We've gone over a fence a little bit. Like we're at a new place with her. Okay. Um. So, uh, brief history. So, uh, which, as an infant toddler. toddler she was pretty gender neutral in her clothes because we got all these clothes from Sweden. So, like, red was just basically fucking red and it was for everybody. So it was blue. You know, it's just like yeah. cute top, cute pants. Uh, then she got really into cars. So everything she wore was sort of, I guess, what one might describe as tomboyish, you know, mm-hmm. like cars and stuff like that. But no one ever confused her with being a boy. She just was a, oh, and she cute? Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. She, she likes cars. Yeah. How cute. Uh, and then... Uh, after that, she got into around three to four. She got way into pink, way into twirly, way into princessy stuff. And I remember Stefan, this was our first time of Stefan and I stepping back and being like, are we okay with this? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, is, you is know, this anti feminist? Is this anti feminist yeah. that she's doing it? And then we decided, no, it actually wasn't because mm-hmm. we're not going to also label a color as something that's bad. Like, why is everything? Like, in my mind, I went through this whole thing of like, well, am I just supporting that things for girls are bad? If mm. I'm saying mm. that, like, anything pink is, is bad. You know, like, right. I went through this whole discussion. Right. I don't know where I am on this uh, specifically. But if it's my child choosing it and she's enjoying it, I'm going to go with that. Sure. Right? I'm not going to poo-poo what she wants to wear. Good job. And I bet this 
plays itself out. And it did. Mm-hmm. By the time she was five, she was back into, you know, sort of what she is now, which I would say would be a super comfortable, fancy Nancy meets Joan Jett. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a whimsical side like a to what she wears jet. mixed with some uh-huh. glam, but all confidence, uh-huh. right? And she's pretty, Stefan was like, she's really pretty good at, at it. And I was like, yeah, she is. Just, you know, a variety of things. So do you like make suggestions never. for her? Never. Well, she, she, I don't have she kids who take herself. suggestions. Okay. So I never dressed the kids per se. Okay. They always... Is there ever something that Katie Bell's wearing where you're just like, that just looks bad? Like, I don't, like, uh, do you, and you, and and that, like, bothers you ever? So, like I, Sometimes there are things that bother me in the sense of, like, no, you cannot cram a t-shirt on top of your sweater. Right. Right? Like, yeah. that seems, like, odd. Yeah. Uh, or, like, the shorts over, leg, like, tights. Yeah. Where I'm like, that is the worst thing I've ever seen. But for the most part, I'm like, all right. You yeah. know, like, it's. The t-shirt over the sweater, usually I'll step in because I'm like, I'm not sure you're going to be comfortable at school all day. Yeah. So then, is that so, what you do? You yeah. just kind of try to, like, talk her out of no, it? No, I just kind of yeah. give her suggestions. So it's not, you're never, like, looking at her like, she just, like, looks bad today. No, like, she, but she, it, kinda, but she But it's, but it's, you think it's because she's just really good at dressing I think she's herself? pretty good at it. Yeah, yeah. she has, like, a natural knack Yeah, for yeah, I cool. didn't. <laughs> but, I mean, she does. So, like, so she, I'm not going to focus so much on her today. Right. Because she's just kind of. She's got it covered. She's got, she's it, got covered. it under control. And maybe she's just that way because I took, uh, I, I knew how I was going to approach her sort of as a girl. Does that make sense? That I knew mm. that I was going to always be supportive of, like, what she wore. And I think I was always worried uh, before having her that, like, clothing for girls was more important because we tie so much with like what are you saying about yourself as a girl with what you wear right like and so so I was really surprised when I had Ellis and um, my son who is three right now and how like a opinionated he was about his clothes like that kid as early as I could remember as soon as he could pull stuff out himself mm-hmm. he's always been picking out his own clothes you know he fully dresses himself now like he's like totally the night before picks out what he wants uh and it's all pretty like i don't know sometimes it's kind of gender neutrally kid well, clothes it's still what you have in the house it's what we have right in the house, like yeah. i think there's especially with a three-year-old like maybe a seven-year-old can like request things or yeah. go shopping with you more but like a three-year-old yes maybe they're like my three-year-old doesn't pick out his own clothes, yeah. but your three-year-old does, which I get. But, like, it's still, he's still choosing from among what you have selected to well, put right. in the house, right? Like, well, yes, but he won't wear half of it right now. Oh, okay. Like, he has a very strong opinion of, like, stuff. So, like, but we, you don't have to worry about him wearing something that you don't want him Well, right. Do you know what just, I mean? Like, yeah, there's just he stuff might in the house, say right. no to stuff. But it's but not like, no, yeah. It's not like he's picking something out where you're like, oh, God, I have yeah, to deal with gonna... whether this is okay. You know what I mean? Well, but that's where we are. Yeah, Clothing yeah. wise, okay. But it, he wants to wear his hair up in a ponytail with a bow every day. And this has okay. been going on for a little over a month. Okay. And Stefan and I could give two shits right. about him wanting to wear this bow. Yeah. Okay. But he loves it. It makes him so happy. If the bow is not there, for some reason we have gotten out of the house and forgotten the bow, mm-hmm. all is lost. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, so. It's very important. It's to him. very yeah. important to him, the bow. And what I'm wrestling with now is uh, this question. So everybody who sees him calls him a girl. Right. Because no matter what a boy is wearing, apparently, if you put a bow on it, they're a girl. Like the bow cancels 
all other things. Definitely. Girls can be tomboys. Boys cannot wear. Penis of flying. Yeah. She is the sweetest girl I've ever seen. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever. So I rarely comment. I rarely say, because I'm like, I don't care what the lady at the grocery store is calling. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So it's rare that I find myself wanting to say, they're like, yeah, he does look really cute today. You know, like mm-hmm. sometimes I want to be like super snappy and be like, he does, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. he who doesn't like a bow, right? Yep, he loves his bow. He loves his bow. But then I feel like if I say anything, mm-hmm. I'm apologizing for his choice, mm-hmm. right? Like I feel like- If you I, correct people about- If I correct, if I say, if mm-hmm. I have to be like on the defensive, like, because even commenting, I feel puts me on, like I'm about to tell, put you- Mm-hmm. In your place of like what he, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I feel like just commenting is an apology. He's mm. sometimes people go on for a while about him being a girl. Like, like I remember when you guys first started when she was a baby because mm-hmm. we're at the elementary school a lot. Yeah, yeah. And so we get a lot of like staff like being like, oh, I remember when she was a baby and she's so big now and winner, you know, Katie Bell's got the sweetest little sister and it's so nice. And and those are the adults, and I'm a little like, Alice is going to be coming to this school. So you don't correct them? I'm not, just curious. So, so I'm not saying I'm not passing whole, judgment. I'm just curious. Okay. On the whole, I is it because been. you don't? So I I hear you saying like you feel like you're apologizing for his expression if you yeah. correct them, but is it is it possibly more that you don't want to like have a confrontation with people or or like make people feel like you're correcting them or making them uncomfortable do no, you know what I mean I guess like, for me right now it really is because it gets because it's really becoming more and more now it used yeah. to be like just a little but now it's like you know if there's a new instructor at my gym yeah they're calling her her right I mean they're calling uh-huh. Ellis or her and so like sometimes I'm like is it important for him to be given this pronoun. Like, a lot of this is my own self-discussion. Huh. Like, you know, what matters uh, right now in this situation? Yeah. Um, and, like, uh, is this worth commenting on? To the kids, I walked in yesterday. Ellis and I went into the classroom. And I overheard somebody saying something about Ellis to Katie Bell, you know, sweet little sister. And I heard her immediately just turn around and say, no, he's a boy. He just likes wearing a bow. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with a boy wearing a bow. Yeah. Which, is like, which feels like right for her to say. Yeah, yeah. But it feels like, I'm not sure if I personally want to have this conversation of, well, he's a boy. Because right. a lot of people say, still, in this day, are like, but you're letting him wear a bow. Right? right. So you're, I think you're worried that you're going to have that conversation and you're trying to avoid, like, not... Like, like you're almost like you're trying to protect jerks from having to like no, out themselves. Do you know? What I, mean? like, I know what you're saying. Like, and I, I understand why you're yeah. saying that. But I really almost feel like I am caught up more so in an indignation of even having to say anything. Okay, okay. Got right? It. Like, like who cares? Like, I don't like, care. Like, what, if, what's like, wrong with boys wearing a bow? Yeah. Right? Like, I almost like is They're it? They're three years old. It's three years old. Yeah. We're not, yeah, it just yeah, doesn't it fucking doesn't matter. matter. Yeah. And if it was a longer conversation, uh-huh. maybe, like, maybe with the school nurse, maybe next time. You know, sometimes I'll be like, I'll just drop the pronoun real quick mm-hmm. or whatever, <laughs> just casually. Yeah. And let them sort it out, you know, yeah, if they're yeah, listening. Yeah. But to me, I'm having more of a inner dialogue with myself yeah. of, uh, 
you know, do I give a shit, really? Right, got it. And when does this become something that I should give a shit about if my son cares about it? Right. And right yeah. now, I don't think he cares Ultimately, about it. Ultimately, he'll correct yeah. people uh, yeah. if that's important That's right, because I remember yeah, I as a that. kid, I looked like a boy, and I had a short haircut, and mm-hmm. I remember how much it, I mean, like, all the way through like middle school. I remember Mm -hmm. getting cast as a boy in plays. I remember like literally a director saying, well, you can be that because you look like a boy, right? I mean, just like flat out, like all this shit, like give the little boy some candy, you know, at the parade when I, when these kids were taking all the candy that was being thrown. And I can remember just like ripping off hats and being like, I am not a boy. Like how much it bothered me as like a seven, eight, nine-year-old, you know? It's such a good reminder to us as adults yeah. to, like, not gender kids that it's we hard. don't know. It's like, hard. Like, it's, it's it's like a, it is hard, yeah. but it's also not that hard right. if you get into the habit right. of just calling kids kids. kids. Yeah. And saying, like, why don't Who you go play as? with that kid over yeah. there? Or why don't you go, like, you know, like, there's... It's so weird how, like, we all say, like, boys and girls or boys over here, girls do this, you know, like, I mean, I even notice, like, myself saying, like, how's my boy or how's my girl? And it's like, I... There's no reason yeah. to like gen like yeah. you know what I mean? Like No, I always whenever I do that, I follow it immediately up with, You guys are so smart <laughs> <laughs> and equal in your capabilities of doing anything it. that you want. I love it. Uh, but I wonder what is it like in y'all's house? Because your house recently changed a yeah. little bit in terms of gender identity and clothing, yeah. I would assume. So like Well, that's the thing, like, cause I would go from like like <laughs> It's just hard because, like, I, I would, I think I would be more inclined to be like gender neutral about a lot of things. Yeah. Except for that, like, my daughter is really insistent that she's a girl because yeah. she recently transitioned right. to being a girl, and so it's she doesn't want to be a kid; she wants to be a, a girl. girl, and yeah. so like that's really important to her, and like all the stuff that you were saying about like Katie Bell going through the phase where it was like princesses and like pink stuff. Like we're just in full pink on pink on pink on pink (laughs) mode in our house. And like, if it's not pink, it at least has to be like bejeweled and like ribbony and shiny and sparkly and like all this stuff. And, um, (laughs) and, and it's great. Like I, I'm totally having fun with it. And like, Totally supporting it, but I think it would just be really different if she had been assigned female at birth and, like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, it's really, it's kind of a mind fuck sometimes, like, as far as getting her ready for school in the morning because, I mean, getting her ready for school is way easier now than it was when she was uh, a boy because she didn't want to wear any of that stuff and it was, like, a a hassle to get her dressed every day. Now she's, like, excited to wear her stuff, um, and she's, like, pretty happy with almost anything in her closet she's, like, happy to wear, Um, and that's really nice. The one area that, like, is a little bit of a struggle right now is, like, hair, because her hair is growing out, and, like... Luckily, it was already kind of long on top, so we could do a little ponytail. Yeah. But it was super short underneath, like super, super short. Um, and so now that we're growing that part out, um, but it doesn't like fit up into anything yet. And right. so um, like if she's wearing her hair up in a ponytail with like a bow or something yeah. or even just up in a ponytail, 
it's like people just see her and think girl instantly. Like, but Thank God for both. Yeah, it's like all it is is, is it like your your hair pulled back off your yeah. forehead? It's a girl. Yeah, like that's just what people yes. think. But if if we go out of the house, even if it's brushed and like looking nice, but it's not, it doesn't have like accessories in it, or it's not pulled back. Um, some, you know, some people might mistake her for a boy and then that really upsets her. Right. And it's just funny, like how simple that is. The same as with Ellis with the bow. It's like, all you do is put a bow. We should just call the show, put a bow on it. Put a bow on it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's weird though, because like, I just, I, I feel like if like I'd known she was a girl since birth and like we were just raising her as a girl all along. I feel like I would be would have been like much more inclined to like let her just have messy hair sometimes or like pull it back in a loose ponytail or right. whatever. Um, oh, yeah, because Kate Bell's hair is a shit show. Yeah, I would just be like, whatever, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, like, yeah. boys don't have those standards. Why yeah. should girls? Your kids, just play. Get yeah, dirty. Your hair's right. gonna get messy at school anyway. Right. Um, and that would be my approach. But I'm not doing that right now because I'm really like protective <laughs> yeah. of her, and I don't want people to like say something weird or think she looks weird. And I know that like the hair is growing out right now, and so like I just like want her to look good. Yeah. And so I'm really like every day I'm like, okay, time to do your hair, and we're like, we like do the hair like I'm using like yeah. multiple tools and like multiple like pins and things and like it always looks really cute but it's like I I'm I have to put my foot like most days she's like up for it she's like I want pigtails yeah. today or I want a ponytail today or I want this bow or whatever yeah. but like there are some days where she's like just don't oh, I'm fine I just want it however and I'm like no you can't. Yeah. You okay, have so to look is, nice. Like, you, uh, a couple of weeks ago, you, we were talking about yeah. this, and you had said that, like, you found yourself really wrestling with this yeah. sort of eternal, internally because you're like, yeah, if she had been, you know, identifying as a girl since birth, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it, her hair would already be down. It would already be like, whatever. Yeah. It wouldn't be a big deal. But to suddenly find yourself confronted with those questions that you would have thought would have been easy to blow off. Yeah. But suddenly it's become a, your parents actually. And because I think yeah. you and I are both of the mindset of, eh, fuck it, you're a kid. Exactly. Like, uh, you know, dress how you want to dress. Try, yeah. try and be respectful, obviously. Right. But like, like, don't wear a, you know, fuck you shirt to like a job interview, right? Yeah. Like, you dress for where you're going. Yeah. But that corresponds with a general free like freedom to not meet somebody else's expectations per se or a society deemed this is what girls yeah. should take more time to get ready and look pretty every time they leave mm-hmm. the house yeah. and be polished little dolls and boys are dogs and tails and puppy dog <laughs> lots of parts of dogs apparently um you know and it is i think i guess after all this talking mm-hmm. what still surprises me mm-hmm. from my own self as a parent is just I think you said it the mind fuck that comes out of helping your kids get dressed and what you're sending them out in the world to do I mean like sure there was a time I was like my kid you know when I have a girl she is never gonna be in the princesses (laughs) like the pre-kid thing that I said and then there we are all with our tiaras on you know like and I'm looking for twirly dresses right like it's you you evolve as a parent, but sometimes that evolution and sometimes the choices that I'm making, I have a real wrestle with them going against what I thought I'd do. Mm-hmm. And then that leads to this question of, uh, am I still being true to who I was 
before I had kids? Or am I becoming something? Is what I'm becoming or the choices that I'm making now still good choices? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. is that too deep a question? Am I still the feminist that I was by doing X, Y, and Z? Right? Yeah, well, like, I mean, I think what we're basically core struggling with is like our own self-expression clashing yes. with our kids' own self-expression. Because obviously, like they are expressing themselves in part based on what they see us doing. And right. they're absorbing what we're saying and doing. But a lot of their self-expression is just their own. Yeah. And like, and so it's really, it's a really just intense experience to yeah. have this like child that like comes from you and like represents you in the world yeah. and just is such a, like is such a part of us um, having their own self-expression, like just having their own self-expression that like sometimes may jive with ours <laughs> and a lot of times totally doesn't. And just like what level of like negotiation should actually take place? Like, well, right. should, like, like sometimes with Grace, I'm like, Okay, I can live with this. Th- those totally clash. Like yeah. that's that's not what I. Those are not the leggings I would pick with that right. dress. Who gives a shit? She's right. five. But then there's other there's other times where I'm just like, uh, but we're like going to this thing and like there's gonna be pictures and like I just kind of want her to look nice. Yeah. So like we'll talk about like that that bow is so big that it's like falling off her head and like is yeah. there a different but you know what I mean? Like well, right. Yeah, I mean we get into stuff like right now, Katie Bell with her age, like. I know we're about to go through even more of this in terms of like what's on shirts. What yeah. what what literally is your outfit saying? Right. You know, and yeah. I to be to be fair, I don't know what we're going to do because our kids like you were saying, they they have the influences of us. They also have the yeah. influences of what they see around them yeah. in their schools, plus their own decisions. But they're also still coming to us for guidance and support in making their own decisions. So I guess overall, I feel like my job is to be respectful to Mm. them with their choices Mm -hmm. while simultaneously trying to help them navigate the larger world. Mm -hmm. Where's Oscar fit into all this? I mean, like, you know, like suddenly there's a lady in your house, Teresa, and she takes up all the focus right. in what she needs. I know. Poor Oscar. I no, know. really. That what is actually is real, it? though. Yeah, <laughs> no, I have to be, like, I have to be, because it's there's so much going on with Grace, and there's yeah. so much going on with the new baby. Like, yeah. I have to be, yeah. like, you know, I mean, he's, he's a charmer. He's, Oscar is, a, is an amazing kid, but, like, I have to be aware that there's a lot of changes going on yeah. for him, and, like... Um, like what's going on with him totally matters just as much as all the rest of us. Is he expressing himself through all black clothes? Oh man, the poor middle child. I know, it's man. like already begun and the I second know, baby, right? has, the third baby has not even been born. Um, anyways, Oscar, so I will just add this to the mix. So, you know, kids like to do what their older yeah, siblings are into. Yeah. So like now that Grace is a girl and wearing girl stuff, Oscar wants to grow his hair long, have yeah. pink nail polish and like yeah, do all this. And not all the time. He's like more into like superheroes and stuff most right. of the time. But like he's into that stuff yeah. too. And like I keep his hair super short, you know, yeah. just because it's easier and I can like give a buzz cut and I can't I'm not very good at any of the other kinds of haircuts <laughs> but like he he's like telling me now he wants to grow his hair I'm like okay that's the whole like mirroring I know with Ella's one of the things I don't want to say is as soon as somebody says the bow I'm yeah. like he's got an older sister I know because I feel like it's an excuse it for is. his choice yeah yeah it you is. know yeah. but it's also an influence totally. you know like yeah. that does influence totally. who our kids are yeah yeah 
Um, so yeah, but Oscar is uh, Oscar is still like malleable enough that I can just get him dressed, yeah, pick out his clothes, and he's pretty much down for whatever. <laughs> That's good. Good. Woo. I know. Done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your third one will just wear a sack. Yes. <laughs> or just a diaper and Just a else. diaper. He's go- it's going to be Curtis. He's going to be free. <laughs> Da-da-da-da-da-da. Pledge Drive Weeks. Pledge drive weeks. <laughs> They're so fun. What can you get? <laughs> um, okay, you guys, you don't want to miss out on the thank you gifts. So yeah. if you're on the fence about whether to donate um, and you don't like really care about us as people or as like people <laughs> who make like a stuff. show, you just like want some stuff. Yeah. Um, we have reasons for you to donate anyhow. Woo-hoo! So just go to maximumfun.org if you want to check out all the gifts that we have right now. Um for $10 a month, there's a drive-exclusive enamel pin. Enamel pins are a thing. Yep. I don't know if you're aware. That's a thing. People are into enamel pins. That's right. Um, they're very cool. <laughs> and um, there's one for every show. Yeah. So I'm not going to give away too much about no. the One Bad Mother pin, uh-uh. but go to MaximumFun.org and you can check it out. You can sport this wherever you want to show your One Bad Mother love. Mm-hmm. Um, you never know. If you're wearing it out in the world, you might see another mom you might see or dad. another that's One right. Bad Mother. That's right. Um, and that would be really cool. So that's at the $10 per month uh, membership level. Um, $20 per month, we have a Keep in Touch kit, which, again, go to MaximumFun.org to see all the stuff that's in this kit. It's super cute. There's note cards. There's a really cute rocket stamp, um, a bunch of other stuff. Check it out. And, Biz, what do you get at the $35 per month level? A pair of MaxFun beer mugs, which every parent needs. <laughs> Come on, guys. If there's, like, one that's, like, specifically geared towards parents, it's the one that's got the beer mugs. That's pretty good. You can put milk in it, too, if you want. Sure. You into beer. You can put some milk. Put a, you can put uh, some flowers in it. Whatever you need. Just keep it in the freezer keep so it. it'll get nice and frosty. That's right. And every time you go into your freezer, you can see it there and just imagine next time you're going to have a out, beer. You're out with visitors having yeah. a beer. Uh, and here's the great thing about any level that you come in on. So let's say you do come in on the $35 a month level and you get those beer mugs. You're also going to get all the gifts that are for the lower level. So you exactly. would also get the Keep in Touch kit. You would also get the enamel pen. And anybody who donates $5 a month or more also gets our exclusive bonus content. So at any level that you come in to donate per month, you're going to get bonus shows of all the Max Fun shows and going all the way back. So uh, uh, we have made some pretty sweet bonus shows that only people who donate get to hear. Uh, The new one is about collecting and really mainly rocks. <laughs> yeah, we just recorded it last week. It was a lot of fun. It's you a guys lot don't of fun. miss that. So yeah, any anybody who donates at $5 per month or more, anybody who upgrades their membership um, or becomes a new member during the drive is eligible for all of these gifts. If you're a current member, uh, you've been donating since last year or the year before or the year before that, thank you. Yes, you're thank amazing. You. you will also um, still get the bonus content this mm-hmm. year. Um, so be sure to check that out. And in order to become a member, all you guys have to do is just go to MaximumFun.org slash donate and sign up. Thank you. Yay!
Hey, you know what it's time for? This week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Genius meme. So, um, I've been having this problem where, like, every morning Oscar wakes me up (laughs) in, like, a really grumpy way. Like, he'll, like, I'll wake up to him just coming into my room and being like, get up (laughs) like in this really mean way like he's just offended that I'm not already up it's awful um but on Sunday morning just this past Sunday um it was so weird I it was Sunday which is perfect for this I woke up to just like hearing the faint sounds of my two children talking to each other Mm -hmm. like out in the living room and I couldn't hear what they were saying but they just sounded like they were just chatting and I was like huh So I kind of like rolled around in my bed for a few more minutes (laughs) and then I finally like got myself up and I went out there and they were coloring together on paper on the floor and just talking to each other about what they were doing. Hmm. And they had used the potty and they had gotten themselves each a satsuma for breakfast. Oh my gosh. And they were just having their morning without disturbing me. It was so, it was like, it was so weird and like... It might not happen again for another year yeah. or something like that, but it made me feel like, okay, like something is moving in the right direction. Yeah. Like this is possible. Yeah. Like this is a thing that can be true in yeah. my future. Very nice. It was great. That, yeah. That's a good feel. It really that's was. That's a good feel. Yeah. What you got? Uh, Katie Bell wants to be a spy. <laughs> okay. So, you know, obviously, you have a way to be a <laughs> kid. Uh, <laughs> Bell. Uh, so she wants to be a spy. She's going to do the spy thing. So uh, she keeps asking about cameras. And then I was like, oh, well, we still have the old baby monitor. You uh, could use that yeah. as your spy camera, right? Yeah. She's like, what is it? I'm That's like, well, it's a camera. A it's like a video camera. Yeah. You could set it up, and then you could be in another room listening and watching. And she was like, oh, my God. That's great. So that was it. That's nailed amazing. it. It's perfect. I nailed it. Great I, job. Re- yeah, because that, that's for no good reason to still lay it around the house. Yeah, that's nailed a great it. thing to use that for. Thank you. Hi, this is a genius. It is January in New England, which means that not only is it dark when I pick up my daughter from daycare, but it's cold. Um, and there's snow on the ground. And today when we got out of the car, she just wanted to play with the snow. And all she wanted to do was stay in and play with the snow. And then she was in the background. So I took a bowl of snow and I brought it inside and I put it in the tub and I put her in the tub. And now she's playing happily with the snow inside and she's happy and I'm happy and everyone's happy. Thanks, guys. You are doing a great job. Genius. That is genius. It's so genius. So genius. I'm really surprised they haven't come upon this one. I know. In, in all these years. This is put the snow in the tub. Yeah. Your kid Bring gets to in. play with snow. Bring it inside. Yeah. Just you don't have like to you- sit out there in the freezing cold yeah. air. Curious George that shit. Yeah. Bring it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Yeah. D- genius. Genius. Failures. Fail. 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 You suck. Fail me, Teresa. 
Oh, well, um, I've just been having like a bad run of bedtimes with Mm. my kids. Like I just we're doing the same nighttime routine that we've always done. And like they're doing well with the nighttime routine, like the bedtime routine and all that. But it's like no matter what time I get them into Mm. bed, they're just not ready to go to sleep. Like they just don't want to go to sleep ever. And they're really starting to like feed off each other Mm. and like talk to each other and play with each other. And I I'm sitting there every night anyway I can't leave anyway like I'm already there just keeping Oscar physically in bed yeah but like now it's this extra thing where like Grace is like she figured out how to like climb out of her bunk bed on the wrong end of the bunk bed like not where the ladder is and so that's really like fun and funny and hilarious Uh so she keeps like doing it silently and then jumping (laughs) like in the dark we're all just sitting there in the dark and then she'll do it silently I won't know what's happening and then she's like here I am (laughs) and I'm just like yeah I still hate this like it still is really annoying so please stop and it's and then like Oscar thinks that's funny and wants to talk and like it's just the other night I was like okay I'm gonna try actually going to like putting them in bed at eight Mm. and like maybe like if we start at eight and like really get the lights out and really have it quiet then they'll be they'll like wrap that up earlier and they won't get as wired no I was just in there for an hour and a half (laughs) and then like the next night I was like you know what that's it I'm not gonna like rush to get them into bed I'm just gonna let them get super tired playing around the house and I'll get them into bed at like nine and then maybe they'll go right to sleep no no None no. of this works. No. None of it. Wow. They're just hyper at bedtime. Yeah. It sucks. That sucks. <laughs> that, that is a unsolvable fail at the moment. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it just fucking sucks. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, thanks. What do you got? I gave Katie Bell uh, the baby monitor as a spy camera, guys. <laughs> oh, no. What a fail. Why? Okay, first of all, when she got it, it was incredibly disappointing and not what she thought it was going to be. Like, she oh. thought it was literally going to be, like, a video recording camera where mm. she was going to have footage that she could then go back and look at later. <laughs> two, two, there's nothing to watch in the house. Okay? Like, there's nothing for sh- I'm going to go spy on Ellis. And I'm like, uh, okay, well, he's right here. Like, yeah. she, like, there was a lot of trying to spy on all of us, but none of us would stay where we needed to be right. to be spied on. So yeah. then she set the camera up in the bedroom so she could spy on Ellis. Uh, while I was reading him stories and then putting him to bed. Mm -hmm. But, like, now there's this bright fucking red light from the infrared camera, like, Uh that Ellis is now like, what is that? Uh And I was like, ripped it out. I was like, turn that shit off. And Katie Bell's like, why would you turn that off? Now I can't spy. I'm like, you could just go into your bed and stare at your brother while he sleeps. Yeah. But that's not fun. Yeah. (laughs) I just was like, it just became, like, for three days, it was just... Let's try not to make this super disappointing. Yeah. Oh, wait. It's totally disappointing. Yeah. It's really not Every working. single yeah. time. Mm. And uh, so there you go. Oh, I just was sucks. like, oh, it, it just made me so angry. Yeah. Like, I just, it was just like, I just added a new thing to my life to like make my life uh, difficult and frustrating. Yes, yeah. you did. Thanks. Hi, I'm calling with a fail. Um Like, how could I be so stupid? I just let my two-year-old play in a bowl of gum, not really remembering what xanthan gum was, but knowing that I hadn't used it in forever. I see you, babe. It's awesome. And I realized that xanthan gum is a binding agent for... I see it. I see it. I see it. It's a mess. I see it. It's okay. 
Okay. Phantom gum is a binding agent, which means it's super sticky and now it's everywhere in my house. And that was just an idiotic move and a complete and total fail. And so now he's saying, look at the mess and we're going to go look at it and clean it up. Love the show. Bye. (laughs) You know, I I really love the like in the moment calls where she's like, I see you. I totally... (laughs) I could not stop laughing yeah. at her talking to her kid while she's trying to talk to us. Because that's like every phone conversation I've had with somebody. I see. Yeah. So anyway, the other day, I see you. I Yeah. Good job. I see you. Yeah. Anyway, so I was. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she, oh, the kid's in the xanthan gum, which is horrible and sticky. Yeah. Basically, your failure is having anything in your house ever. I mean, like, why that could possibly. Well, like, she did choose to give it to her kid. <laughs> <laughs> true. True. Well, I chose to let Sharpies exist in our universe. Yeah, so true. So true. <laughs> it's like I gave it to them. <laughs> Well, you're doing a horrible job of coming up with ideas to take care of your children. Mm -hmm. That you are, that is, enjoy (laughs) cleaning up your mess. It is awesome, though. Yeah, it is. (laughs) You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem. Teresa, yes. let's call a parent. Great. This week, we are calling activist and rock star Corin Tucker of the band Slater Kenny that originated out of the 90s Pacific Northwest riot girl scene and is considered to be, by many and myself, one of the best punk bands ever. You may also know her from the Corin Tucker band or her recent collaboration with the supergroup Filthy Friends. Welcome, Corin. Thank you. Thanks. Pleasure to be here. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, before we get into what we're going to talk about today, I want to ask, who lives in your house? Who lives in my house? Um, my husband, Lance Bangs, who's a filmmaker. Our son, Marshall Bangs, who is about to turn 16. Yeah! Oh my God. Yeah! <laughs> and my daughter, Glory Bangs, who is about to turn nine. Oh, man. You got and any we also animals? have a hamster. Yeah, there you go. A one year old hamster. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you had the hamster? Well, he's <clears throat> his name is Lucky, and uh, we adopted him on St. Patrick's Day of last year. So okay. it's about to be his one year one year uh, adoption anniversary. Oh, How long? Nice. What's the life shelf of a hamster? That's what I was asking. <laughs> I feel like whoever I know that has a hamster, yeah. it's always like, well, I don't want to say anything. Yeah, about yeah, lucky he's obviously lucky, so yeah, I don't want right. to yeah. jinx him. But, but what's, the, what's the estimate of a hamster's life? Two years. All right. <laughs> Two years so, so you know <laughs> going much in, what I was thinking. there's like a life lesson just waiting to happen for kids <laughs> with this pet. Yes. <laughs> and that's okay. I, yeah. I looked into it and I was like, okay. It's a two-year commitment. Yeah. I, that I can do. Yeah, I got fish that are about to come up on a year and a half that I can't believe still exist in my house. <laughs> you were like, I thought this was going to be a month. Yeah, like, fish aren't supposed to live forever. Uh, fucking fish. Well, teens could totally just derail us, and we'll probably get into teens. I can't see how we can talk about uh, being cool and not talk about teens. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god at the same time but let's so I, I thought what might be fun uh for us to talk about today is is basically uh, the identity of coolness right as as who we might have been uh before kids maybe we still are after kids 
and sort of like what what that how that kind of plays out. I know that for me, uh, before I had kids, uh, I've described it on the show a lot as like having many lives. <laughs> Some, some involved crystals, some involved drugs. Um, <laughs> some, some involved New York, some, a lot of different things uh, in my life. And so sometimes when I run into people uh, from my past lives, I, I have, they have said to me things like, I can't believe you have kids. <laughs> and yeah. it's funny because when I said that to Teresa once, she was just like, I remember you looking aghast at me, Teresa, yeah. and being like, well, because I only have known you as yeah, a mom. And I also know- have always been a mom. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't like relate as directly. Right. But like you, uh, Corin, have like, I feel like I have an even more like, even more of a setup for this, uh, given, uh, like, being part of this incredible, like, feminist punk community uh, through a large part of your younger life, and then uh, you have a kid, I just, I just wonder, how'd, how'd that work out for you? How did people respond to you? <laughs> yeah, it was... I think that... Well, the, okay, so <clears throat> my very first experience, like, being pregnant with my son, Marshall, I found out like a week before our tour started. Um, This was like, this would be like in the year 2000, right? We're going on the road in the Midwest and the white stripes are opening for us. (laughs) And I was like, wait, what is happening? And was so physically like just so sick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, my bandmates Carrie and Janet were totally there for me. That's nice. You know, like yeah, I, I, like that is so important in terms of you know, like really finding out who your friends are. Well, that's true. Now, I, actually, we should we should like touch on that for a second yeah. because especially in being the first to have the kids, really. Uh, can be alienating uh, and 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 confusing for friends, and so th- that's kind of remarkable that that they were, especially like if I was going to I don't know stereotype bands, <laughs> which I am about to do. Uh, that like that would be very hard, you know. Like uh, that that's amazing. I don't know. It's, like, did you, were you guys aware of how remarkable that was at the time? <laughs> well, I mean, I think that I think that if there wasn't a kernel of like. A willingness to understand each other's choices and mm. each other's life choices. Like, yeah. there's no way we would have been able to make it through all the things we've been able to make it through. Yeah. You know, because their life choices are, like, radically different than mine. And it is, there is this otherness and there is this, like, you know, discomfort and just annoyance with other people's life choices, whether they be, yeah. um, you know, two kids or two rescue dogs that are yeah. super annoying. Like it's just, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's uncomfortable for sure. And there's been many, many uncomfortable moments and coolness. Like you just like checked out, you know, the moment I feel like I just checked out the moment I got pregnant, you know, but what was there was this willingness to under to understand and respect each other's choices that I think that has gotten us through, you know, being a band for 20, yeah. 23 years or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it, there is definitely 
a it's like I feel like that sort of two things happen when when you get pregnant, and one is you fall into this category of kind of other like society automatically has a lot of like ideas of what being a mom is why you're a mom how it came to be and how great you're gonna be at it and uh mm. you know like there there's this sort of like outside and you're not cool yeah there's nothing cool about being a mom in general in historically mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah historically people aren't like whoa you're a mom awesome let's like let's <laughs> no. make sure you look really great all the time and like are free to make any choice that you want right like yeah. <laughs> um and then i like i wonder i wonder how that plays out when especially if you're like in a public person like I mean, if you're in public a lot i feel like there's this added pressure of what how you should be a mom or how you should be whatever this role is that we've already assigned to you for example the cool role the like hardcore the alternative the you know the punk rock all that kind of stuff and i wonder like what happens when you have a public persona and people see you a specific way and only want to see you as that do you find that the public perception of you stays constant even though you're evolving the whole time and how do you how did how do you deal with that I, I actually think that Slater Kinney fans are kind of deeper than that. Yeah, true. You know, like our fans. <laughs> That's true. Our fans, they, I feel like they don't have as much of a stereotype of who we are as maybe other fans. Yeah. You know, that they're more willing to, they, I, I felt kind of embraced as a mom, I got to say. Yeah. By you- our fans, you know, that. It was really part of like my core experience and just changed me totally as a human being. And we put that into our writing. So we wrote this record called One Beat. After I had the baby in like 2001 and after September 11th happened, I was a mom and I was grappling with this like brand new world that we were in. And it was really, really difficult. And all of that went into that record. Right. And so what happened was, is it, I think because we were so like radically honest about all of those experiences, our fan, they really resonated with our fans and we were just like embraced by the people that loved our band. Do you think that, because you said it like just radically changed uh, your experience. I mean, can you talk some about that? I mean, I I think that's, did, did that, like, A, being able to sort of express this through your music, sort of process this uh, creatively, which uh, I know is incredibly helpful to lots of people who kind of go through those first couple of years uh, after having a, a kid, as well as the embracing by your fan base. Uh, did that, like, help you go through this? Were, were there things that you were wrestling with identity-wise, or or did you really... <laughs> It's sort of like, sort of like we've come on the show and been like breastfeeding was really hard. And like we had this like person call us and say, could you maybe just say that sometimes it's really easy for people? And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess we could totally say that because it probably is. I, whoops. Um, so was it, did that just play into you being able to make this sort of adjustment into uh, sort of combining these worlds for you? Or, or did you still have some uh, issues with it? Oh, definitely. You know, it, 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 I mean, it, it helped me tremendously. It was the most cathartic 
therapeutic experience I could have making the, the music was like really, really therapeutic, but you're still dealing with the total dichotomy of the schedule of being yeah. a mom. Right. And, you know, getting up at 5am with my son and then the schedule of being in a rock band <laughs> where, you know, we start recording at noon and are supposed to go till midnight. Um, so there's always this, you know, this total dichotomy that, that happened between those two identities. We're always going to be, you know, kind of in conflict with each other in some ways. Has that... But that conflict is really good for creativity. <laughs> it really is. And it's also good. It's good for, I think, personal growth. Yeah. You know, because, because you, you are forced to wrestle with this, like, helpless human's needs versus your own. I mean, you can be as, like, as selfish as you want in a rock band. Yeah. Right? You can, like, I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's permissible to be totally self-indulgent <laughs> for the rest of your life, really. <laughs> right. If you're talented enough. Right. But that, that music that those people make is, it's like cardboard. It doesn't have any real resonance with people. And so the music that has resonance with people is people that have to struggle with something and, and grapple with it. And that's what, how I feel my experience, like opening up about my experiences and my struggles with being a mom actually made our music stronger and made my connection to our fans stronger in some ways. Well, you know, that's we've touched on that on the show a lot, that just like so much of parenting uh, and sometimes specifically with, with moms, uh, and we also talk a lot about some of the garbage that's laid on dads as well, but I, I think that for moms there's this, don't talk about it. Unless, unless you're about to say that it's like super easy, shh, yeah. <laughs> we don't want to hear it. Even right. though it proves to be the complete opposite. The more yeah. people talk about their successes or their difficulties, it, it can really, like, it just helps open this conversation where people can be better at, at like wrestling with these issues. Cause I mean, you talk about being selfish in a rock band, like the thing that I know for me that I have my, like at my darkest moments, I will be yelling out, you know, I don't want to be second or third in this fucking house anymore. Like I want to be like my needs. Wah, wah, wah. How the fuck did I get here? Exactly. Why the fuck am I not in like a first class hotel room by myself right now? Yes, I know. I should be doing something incredibly cool. I used to be cool. You know, like like instead, I've got like these two repair guys in my house last night at eight o'clock fixing the washing machine. You know, like I'm like, should should I have wine in front of these guys? Is that going to be weird? Um, It's late, dude. I'm going to bed in an hour. Um, all right, so we've talked a little bit about, like, uh, your fans being pretty great about embracing you and, and rolling with you, uh, but you also have kids. <laughs> so I wonder, like, do our kids have a perception of us, right, that, that they stick, that they give us, that will always stay the same despite how much we're evolving? Um, I mean, they don't. They're not our fans. <laughs> they, don't, they don't care about our struggles, per se. So I wonder, you've got the teen. You got, the, you got a teen. Oh, sweet, sweet teens. Yeah. Uh, you have got uh, a nine-year-old, a almost 
preteen. And like, how does how does being Corin Tucker and your experiences out in life play into the house? I mean, like, yeah, I guess all the previous questions, but now from the perspective of your kids. That is a really good question. I'm not sure I can answer for them, <laughs> but you know, I think I think the thing about kids is they are developing yeah. into these grown-up people, right? And so I've got an almost grown-up son, and he's, you know, he's much more capable of understanding where I'm coming from now. You know, when you're, yeah. when you're little, when you have a little kid on your hands, it's like, no, they're not going to understand right. that, that you ha- actually have to go on tour and that's your job. Yeah. Like, it was just the most brutal, brutal, you know, conflict. It's like, I, you know, I, I, this is actually something I actually have to do. I have to travel for my work. And so, you know, the, the one, like, the wonderful thing about going through all this with my kids is that now it actually is, you know, something that they fully accept about who I am and this is what I do. And, you know, this is how I help, like, put food on the table. Yeah. You know, and, and I actually take both my kids with me. Like now that they're older, they're like, oh, you, this, there's actually some benefits to what yeah. you do. Because I actually <laughs> want to go to, you know, like my son and I are going to Norway this summer nice. um, for this music festival. And so there, there, there can be like different benefits. And, and there is a, the ability to, to have this like deeper relationship and, and, you know, understanding and, and, and it, you know, there is like more of an acceptance of your entire personality when, the, when the child is older than just like your mom personality. All right. Random question. A lot of artists tend to express what they're going through when their children are first born in their work. Do you find as your kids get older, the need to do that? Anymore? Do people like go out and be like, this album is all about having a teenager? Like, <laughs> does that like just sort of dissipate if you like worked it out and now like you don't need to do that anymore? Um, I mean, I think that, <laughs> I think that maybe like being a mother and like a, a working mother comes into my work in other ways. Like, we wrote this song called Price Tag on our most recent record that's all about, it's kind of about economic struggle and sort of income inequality, but it's mm-hmm. it's from the perspective of a working mom. And that was important to me. Yeah. Um, and so I think, I think that identity is, like, really sewn to your work as a writer permanently. Yeah. Let's, let's wrap up on a... On a more of a different sort of line of questioning, and that is, as a feminist, I was wondering, has that evolved for you as a parent? I know for me, like, who I was uh, as a feminist when I was, like, 19 and, like, in my 20s, and I was very bitter and had had a lot of stuff happening in my life that led to those that sort of, like, real anger <laughs> bitterness and then like as I evolved through my 30s and then I had kids kind of late and like uh I had a daughter and had a really clear idea of what I was gonna do with a daughter (laughs) 
no problem. And then I had the son, and I found myself like raising all sorts of new questions for myself. I mean, the bottom line is obviously I'm raising them both the exact same way. Haha, <laughs> that was easy. Um, I don't know why I stressed out about that, but that doesn't mean that stuff doesn't still come up. And I, I just wonder has how has feminism evolved for you? Uh, especially as an activist and as a writer and as a mom and as, as Corin. Well, I think that, I think that like, you know, when you're talking about your experience when you're 19 and 20 and you're really angry, I think I definitely had those, that kind a lot of those same feelings as well. But I had my son first and I had him pretty young yeah. and like, I just, it just changed me totally as a human being. Hmm. Like I just felt, I don't know. I felt like my my emotional being was sort of like remade <laughs> when I had him, and yeah. I I wasn't. It's not that I didn't have anger anymore, but I had like so much love and so much more uh, like an outward looking about how I, you know how I wanted to change things. It wasn't yeah. just about me anymore, you know. And I think that part of feminism like continues to develop for me and just being an activist in general is, is I'm thinking about, well, what are their lives going to be like? What is the next generation's lives going to be like? And I think that that actually can be a, a really galvanizing force for change and for, you know, speaking up about, you know, women's health care in the future and what kind of choices we're going to have are going to be available to the next generation of women. You know, I think that understanding how, you know, how these le- the legacy of women's rights is going to be passed on to the future generation, you know, that is, an, is something I think is, is really pertinent today. Yeah, no, I, yeah, there definitely, I felt like there was more peace to it as opposed to mm-hmm. rage. Yeah. I, I feel like there's more peace to my approach to things now and how I view things and, and how I want uh, to move forward in my involvement in, yeah, yeah, what is left, what is there for the next generation? How can I help shape the next generation um, and, you know, make feminist, not make, <laughs> you will be a feminist, uh, raise, <laughs> raise, but, you know, that's my 19-year-old self talking, my, um, raise feminist, you know, uh, in both, you know, as my son and my daughter. So, yeah, no, that's, yeah, there's something about, Getting older. And maybe getting not as much sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Corin, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I just want to say real quick for everybody that, that Slater Kinney has been back in action since 2015. And y'all's latest album, Live in Paris, is out like just like last week, two weeks ago. Um, and we're going to link everybody up to that uh, as well as they can find out more about the band and your music and your other projects. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I love your podcast. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank and you. Hopefully we can uh, have you back on and talk some more. Awesome. Thanks, right. you guys. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Ah, was so great. Thing is, <laughs> she's just so cool. cool. That's the thing. There's no Maybe. there's no like <laughs> equation to solve yeah, here. No. She's just really cool. Uh, no, I, I thought that was really lovely. I it was like really nice to just sort of hear those experiences and and just be reminded that there is something to 
listening and supporting and like uh, even if you're like the first of your friends to go through something or you have a friend that's the first to go. I mean, I really think the thing that I take away from our discussion with her the most is just this idea that somewhere at some point in time, somebody's going first possibly in the getting, having a child come into their life category. Mm-hmm. And I think it takes a lot of work to be a really good friend either as the person going through that and as the people around them to support them and and sort of define how this is going to shape y'all's relationship as friends. Uh, I just really liked hearing that that was really successful for her. I know. That that was very inspiring. Yeah, it was. I also like the, I also like the just sort of um, internal focus that she has about her experience. Like, you know, I think it's so easy for us as the public to assume that a somebody with a public persona is outwardly focused. Yeah. And like, I feel like a lot of her experience around motherhood was really internally focused and like focused on her own experience and process, which is like really totally right. You yeah, know what I mean? It's, like it's okay. It is totally, a process guys. Yeah. <laughs> and it's okay to acknowledge it yeah. and wrestle with it and come out multiple times, uh, yes. you know, out of the process. Yes. Uh, so that was very exciting. What's also exciting is a mom having a breakdown. But before we get to that, Max Fun Pledge Drive is also super exciting. Guys, I don't think we can emphasize enough how much we appreciate all those who have been supporting One Bed Mother and Max Fun and uh, how important it is for us to be able to, co- to continue to do the show, which is made possible by you guys. So we really appreciate your participation in this pledge drive. Even if, you know, you're not able to donate at the 20 or $35 a month level, participation at $5 a month, um, it really means the world to us. It's a vote of confidence at the very least. But when the small donations add up between all our listeners, they really make a difference for us in what we're able to do and the amount of our time that we're able to devote to this show. Um, Biz and I continue to have big hopes and dreams for this show. We continue to want to make the show despite all of our own personal and family and professional obligations. None of the stuff that's going on lessens our dedication to making this show, but the way that the show gets made is your support. Yes. Um, So we can't do it without you. So please do check out MaximumFun.org slash donate. There's bound to be a level on there that's right for you. It's an automatic monthly membership. You basically sign up with a credit card and then it debits every month forever or until you cancel or your credit card expires. (laughs) Um, So it's very, very easy. It's very, very quick to sign up. We know you guys are busy. We know you guys have a shit ton of stuff on your plates. But this, we set this up to make it really easy for you guys to participate. Um, And we know you guys care about the show because we hear from you Mm -hmm. that you do. And we really, really appreciate that. So please go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. And thank you guys so much. One of the other things that uh, we get to do here as part of the One Bad Mother Show that we hope you will continue to support uh, with your donations is we take calls, guys. We have our genius calls. We have our fail calls. And then we have our rants. And I think if there was a part of the show that defines it the most, it is listening to parents call in and 
and can just share what they're going through. Uh, you guys, we get, we're now up to about 200 calls a month. Um, and I try and get through all of them. And what I hear is that people are really trying their best and doing a good job. And I really think it makes the show unique. And uh, let's take a moment and listen to one now. Hi, this is a meltdown. I can't do this anymore. My son is three months old and he's taking turns sleeping with my daughter, it feels like. And she's two and a half. And literally the minute I walk out of the nursery, Fiona is awake. And then when she goes down, he wakes up. I'm so tired. And today, I just wanted to do like 20 minutes of yoga or something that would make me feel better. But I, he just fussed at me the whole time. And so I just put it all away. And I've been trying to, I just feel like I might as well start buying clothes. Two or three sizes larger because all I ever get to eat is like chicken nuggets and whatever my daughter will eat. And I never get to do anything because it's like negative 20. I'm not taking anybody anywhere to do anything. And I'm just really tired and this is really hard. So. This is a meltdown. <laughs> and my son is just looking at me on the floor, smiling at me like an ass. And I know he's just really cute and it's not his fault, but but it feels like he's giving me the baby finger right now. <laughs> so thank you for all you do. I love the show. You are doing such a good job. Yes, you are. Guys, this is... It's real. This is real. Yeah, this is... I've been there. Yeah, the two kid thing. The two the, kids. One goes up, the other apart. one goes yeah. down. You know, like that. No. And then your night is endless. Yeah. Your night is endless. You're just always awake. You're, yeah, you're just always awake. Yeah. And that leads to serious sleep deprivation. And I don't think anybody's come up with a solution for sleep deprivation no, yet, guys. it's torture. It's just a form of torture that yeah. you literally are guaranteed to go through at some point in time. And it's unfair. Yeah. It's cripplingly unfair. And it's kind of unworkable. And it's unworkable. Like, it... it perfectly makes sense that you're having a breakdown yes like how could it be any other way it's not workable it's not workable no infants need everything yes they do (laughs) they do yeah there's no not their fault no and it's not yours for feeling like that's imposing no (laughs) it is imposing it's also not the two-year-old's fault that sometimes they're awake (laughs) It's nobody's fault. Yeah. It's just a series of circumstances yeah. that the universe has decided to put all together in your house right now. Right. Right. For and a limited time. For a limited time. But it's still happening and it's real. It, exactly. So knowing that Teresa and I are both functioning human beings on some level now. Yep. Isn't helpful. No. 
Just go back to the episodes where we're not functioning. Yeah. Good news is next week we get to hear from Teresa not functioning. Yep. So everybody gets that to look forward to. Yep. But listen, you really are doing remarkable. And why I know that everything's going to be okay is that you called and you left a message. Mm-hmm. And that yep. you're clear in expressing what the problem is. Yes. Very uh, clear. That, I mean, that's that's yeah. important, guys. Yeah. Uh, I marched through a lot of it not admitting to anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it got real bad. Yeah. So uh, being able to express it and say it is really remarkable. Yeah. And, like, that you're trying to do yoga. Like, yeah. good job trying and failing at that. Oh, I yeah. I mean, like... That's totally like you're trying. You're yeah. doing the best that you can. Yes. And that's so good. Yeah. I mean, and the eating, I mean, gosh, gosh, full of chicken nuggets and oh, half yeah. eaten hot dogs. Yeah. I mean, it's like half eaten too. Let's all get real. Yeah. We're just eating just the stuff you were about to something. dump in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> like we're eating our something kids' garbage. Something needs to go in your mouth. And at that's some what point. it is. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? All those things are things we can sort out. Later, okay? Yeah. Don't put the pressure on everything having to be perfect right this minute that we're, yes, we'd all like to be eating really healthy. That's not going to happen 90% of the time with little kids. It just is unfair to make yourself think that. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, some people can make that work. Some people can't. It's all... Yeah, it, it, it is what it is. Anything you can let go of right yeah. now, let, let go, go of. of it. That's yeah. right. Yeah. The main it, things right now for you are sleep. Yeah. And you... And sleep. Yeah. You're going to get that sleep. Yeah. I promise. Yeah. You are doing a very good job. You really are. Teresa, what did we learn this week? We learned that Max Fund donors are the best. Yeah, you guys are the best. And we love our listeners. <laughs> and now we're asking that you support us. Yep. We only do it once a year. It's true. It's true. Uh, so thank you, guys. Two, we learned that our children's manner of expressing themselves is completely uh, out of our control. And... Uh, that sometimes we have to ask ourselves larger questions about, is this about me or is this about some argument uh, that I want to get into with strangers mm-hmm. who really don't matter in mm-hmm. what my kid's doing? Right. So that's a question for each of us to answer on our own. Yep. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> we also learned just to put a fucking bow in it. And that that's always helpful. Yeah. Uh, no matter Bows what. Bows are really nice. Bows are nice. Uh, we also learned that Corin Tucker's uh, pretty cool yeah. and, and a lot of fun and... She's doing a great job. She's doing a great job. Yeah. Everybody, you are doing a remarkable job. Teresa? Yes. You are doing a very good job, and I cannot wait to talk to you next week (laughs) in this alternate universe that we're living in right now to see how you're doing with that baby. I'm really excited for next week, too. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what next week will bring for us. Uh, But right now, you're definitely doing it. (laughs) But right now, suggest that next week you're not doing a good job. You are doing a very good job. Thank you, Biz. So are you. Thank you. And we will talk to you guys next week in the correct week. (laughs) Bye. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right.
We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Do you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show? Then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down Mama's Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down Mama's Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.